Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrofferville.com. That's rolcrofferville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crofferville. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Amen. Good morning. Thank you to our praise team and our sound team and and lighting team that make it possible for us to enjoy praise and worship each and every Sunday morning. Many years ago, uh, a a friend of mine and I decided to open up a sign company. So we bought all the necessary equipment and started doing signs. And there was a local uh, doctor in town that wanted us to make a sign for him. And so we went about the task of making that sign. Um, his office was in a plaza, so there were many signs in that complex. And so we put the sign up. Pulled everything away, stepped back down and looked at the sign. And it was as crooked as crooked could be. Now, for those who don't know me, I am pretty detail-oriented. I thought, there's no way this sign is crooked. Got the level out and put the level on it and smiled and said, I'm spot on. It is perfectly level. Stepped back down, looked at the signs again, and it looked as crooked as crooked could be. And then it dawned on me, it wasn't my sign that was crooked, it was all the other signs that were crooked. (laughs) So I went to the doctor and I said, hey, we have two options. I either hang your sign straight and that's going to look really weird and crooked, or I can hang it crooked and it's going to look straight. He said, well, please hang it crooked so it will look like all the other signs. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. There's a lot of times in life that you and I will base our philosophy, we will base our theology, we will base our life principles on things that are crooked, and because they're crooked, we look perfectly straight. Everything looks perfectly fine. We even will pat ourselves on the back. But then when we get around something that is completely straight then we realize we're the one that's crooked. We're the one that's not aligned perfectly right. And so often people today measure their philosophy of life, measure their theology of life, measure their whole life principles on something that is crooked called the world. And although it looks straight in their eyes, it really is not. And this morning I want us to look at that very same concept from a story in the Bible. It's a story about Judah. And Judah thought they were as perfect and as straight could be. In fact, they thought they were so good that they had even cheated the very concept of death and humiliation. Their economic system was great. Their political schemes were great. Their military tactics were wonderful. But when they balanced it up against the Word of God, 
they were in trouble. In fact, that was the problem. Judah had based their entire concept of life on a pagan society rather than on the word of God. And it cost them. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28. And I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of straightening up. Straightening up. During the life of Isaiah, there was a lot of political turmoil going on. Assyria was in the process of attacking Israel and Syria. And so they were being attacked. So Israel then communicated with Judah and said, hey, listen, we need you to join up with us to help us defend ourselves against Assyria. They're an up and rising empire and they're going to defeat us if you don't help. Judah looked at the situation and said, you know what? This is not our fight. We're not going to get into it. You're on your own. Which is kind of sad because Israel and Judah were both tribes. But yet, Judah told Israel, you're on your own. Well, that made them mad. So Israel and Syria decided to team up against Judah and go to war. Well, now Judah has a problem. What do we do? How do we defend ourselves? I'm sure they got with some great military schemes, some great political leaders, and they said, hey, it's real simple. If you will team up, if you'll make an allegiance, an alliance with us, Syria, give them money, they won't harm you. So that's exactly what Judah did. They decided to align themselves up with a pagan nation. And because they aligned themselves up a pagan nation, they put all their hope and their trust in them. And at first, at a distance, everything looked good until the Lord stepped into the picture. And that's where I want us to pick up this morning where you see how God is now going to judge Judah for pairing themselves up, for aligning themselves up with a pagan nation. Although Judah thought they were great, although they thought they had defeated death and humiliation, they're getting ready to get a rude awakening. So if you have your Bible, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 14 says this. Therefore, listen to this message from the Lord. You scoffing rulers in Jerusalem, you boast. We have struck a bargain to cheat death and have made a deal to dodge the grave. See, they struck a deal with Syria and I think, see, nobody's going to harm us. The most powerful, the most prominent nation in the world, we're on their side. We've got it made. The coming destruction can never touch us. For we have built a strong refuge made of lies and deception. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. A firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never to be shaken. I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Since your refuge is made of lies, a hailstorm will knock it down. 
Since it is made of deception, a flood will sweep it away. I will cancel the bargain you made to cheat death. And I will overturn your deal to dodge the grave. When the terrible enemy sweeps through, you will be trampled into the ground. Again and again, that flood will come morning after morning, day and night, until you are carried away. This message will bring terror to your people. The bed you made is too short to lie on. The blankets are too narrow to cover you. The Lord will come as he did against the Philistines at Mount Perizim and against the Amorites at Gibeon. He will come to you and do a strange thing. He will come to do an unusual deed. For the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, has plainly said that he is determined to crush the whole land. So scoff no more or your punishment will even be greater. Wow. Just when they thought they had cheated death. Just when they thought they had gotten away with everything. The Lord stepped in. It's pretty sad. When you look at the decisions Judah made. They were really primarily based upon their relationship with Assyria. Nothing more and nothing less. But let me be honest with you, sometimes what is not said is more important or it carries a greater weight than what is said. So here is what's not said. You never hear Judah crying out to the Lord for help and direction. You never see Judah seeking God for his leadership and his direction. In fact, he is completely left out of the picture. And that was their grave mistake. And anytime you and I decide to make any decision in life and we don't include the Lord, we don't seek his counsel, we don't seek his leadership, it's only going to end up in a grave mistake. Period. And that's what we see here. For you see, Judah's decision was based on a man-made intellect rather than praying and seeking God's word. After all, they kind of scouted out what was going on, sought some counsel and wisdom from the political scenario around them, and they based everything they were doing on a man-made intellect rather than the Word of God. Which is a little scary, because Judah had been around forever. They had known how God had rescued them time and time again, over and over again. Yet they were hard-headed and hard-hearted. And rather than really depending upon the Lord in prayer and seeking His face, they relied on some pagan's wisdom to give them help. Now you say, Pastor, that's about the craziest thing I've ever heard. But how many times have you and I been rescued by the Lord, been saved from death from Him, and yet we still put Him on the back burner of our life Seeking everybody's advice, everybody else's wisdom, but his. You know, nowadays, common sense is not so common. To be honest with you, common sense is not common without Christ. And without Christ, it'll never make sense. Follow that. 
the reason why we lack common sense in our world today is because we're basing everything on a pagan mentality, a pagan society, rather than basing upon God's word and God's love. And any time we make decisions, we are in desperate need of help and in a grave situation. But not only did they do that, Judah decided to do the easy way out rather than the right way. Let's see. I may have to pair up with Israel and fight to save both of us. Or I can just go easy and just pair up with the pagan society and be spared. Please hear me. Bad choice. But we do it. We do it all too often. <laughs> and some of you can identify with this. I remember growing up, my dad would try to take a shortcut driving somewhere. And the shortcut usually cost us more time than ever. We used to tease about the shortcuts my dad would take. And you have to understand, shortcuts will always leave you short. And they will always take you longer. That's all there is to it. That's what a shortcut does. But it also will do that in life. If any time you try to take a shortcut with your marriage, with your job, with your schooling, with your personal relationship with people, with your personal relationship with Christ, you are going to come up short. And you're going to wish you'd never done that. It's just simple. I was talking to a man just the other day. He was building a pole barn. And he wanted to make sure it was just off of his house. So he went to the house, measured off 24 feet, 24 feet, put the two poles in, concreted them in. Went to the third side, put another pole in. He thought, I've got three of the four, I'm good. And then he just laid the other post in, never measured. When he started laying the trusses, he realized it wasn't quite square. Had to pull the trusses back down, had to pull two posts back out of the ground that had already been concreted in and do it all over again. All, everything was square, but he didn't look at the last side. Do you understand that you can pray to God about everything in your life, and if you lack one area of your life and don't pray about that, it's going to cost you. You have to pray about everything in life. You can't take shortcuts. It won't work. We've got to learn shortcuts will always cost you, period. Not only did Judah try to do it the easy way, but they also based their decision on fear rather than on faith. They were afraid they were going to get destroyed by the pagan nation, so they made that decision rather than placing their faith in the Lord. And do you realize because they placed their personal opinions on fear and made that decision, it cost them anyway, dearly. They also based their whole outcome on a worldly strategy rather than seeking the Lord. Listen, I don't care if you are a ditch digger, a school teacher, a successful business owner. If you align yourself with a pagan, you are in trouble. All of your wisdom should come from godly men, godly women, the Holy Spirit, and nothing more, nothing less. Period. And any time you decide not to do that, basically what you're doing is you're making a deal with the devil. Let's be honest. 
If I'm going to be a successful businessman and I'm going to line up my business based upon a pagan society and on a pagan business, I've just made a deal with the devil. You say, oh, no, 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 I'm a Christian. No, 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 you're still making a deal with the devil. Because if God hasn't led you down that road, you are making a deal with the devil. Any and every decision you ever seek in life, it better be through the Holy Spirit and through God Almighty. Students, you're getting ready to go back to school. You're going to choose your friends. You better base it upon Jesus and Jesus only. Not what they're going to give you. Not the popularity you're going to get. Not how successful you're going to be. Listen, you can be popular. I know a lot of popular kids that spend time in jail. Base it upon the Word of God. Period. You don't understand. I've got to concede In order to do this. No you don't. If you'll follow the Lord. He'll make you successful. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. But you will be successful. And I promise you. As much as I don't want to tell you this. It will not be easy. It won't be easy. But you've got to learn to make a stand for your faith. Period. I'll never forget. I was 22 years old. And the president of my college came up to me. And he said hey there's a church. And sop choppy that wants your resume. Well, first of all, I started laughing. I said, there is no such place called sop choppy. Come on. You are pulling my leg, man. Come on. There is, there is no such place called sop choppy. So I, had to, I went to the library to look. Well, sh- sure enough, there it is on the map. I thought, okay, there is a place called sop choppy. All right. So then I had to say, well, where is sop choppy at? I mean, I'm just, you know, let's get this figured out. You know, because if you go to the end of the world and take another 10 miles, you'll find Sop Choppy, you know. (laughs) And so when I saw where Sop Choppy was at, I just ducked my head. And I said, Lord, I really don't want to go to Wakulla County. Because, see, here's here's what I knew about Wakulla County. I was the high school wrestling coach for Mariana High School. So all of my understanding of Wakulla High School dealt with Wakulla Wrestling. I knew what Wakulla Wrestling was like. I thought, God, I don't want to go there. Please, Lord. God, let's make a deal. If I get along with the pastor, then I'll think about going. So I came over, met with Pastor Henry, and we got along great. I thought, rats. (laughs) I said, okay, Lord, if I get along with their search team, I'll go. I met with the search team and everything went great. I went, God, that's not what I want to do. Really, Lord, I don't. I've got plans to graduate and and go other places. And so then I came over in view of a call. I said, okay, Lord, final deal. If I get a 70% vote or better, I'll go, which was kind of rare back in those days. I'll go. So I came over in view of a call and I got the call from Brother Henry. He said, hey, we, we want you to come be our youth pastor. I said, well, that's not what I want to know. I said, I want to know what the voting was like. He said, well, I'm a little sad about this. And I thought, yes. Yes. It's going to be like a 55, 60% and I'll be able to move on. He said, and he always calls me Coburn. He never calls me Chuck. He says, Coburn, the reason why I'm upset is because you got a 100% vote. And I didn't even get that. <laughs> And then I surrendered. I said, okay, Lord, I am going. I am going. 
The one place that I did not want to go, had no desire to go, listen to me, has been the best place of my entire life. Yes. I could not be more honored than to be loved by my family at River of Life, to be loved by my senior pastor, loved by my children's pastor, my youth pastor, my staff. Guys, I have got the best job in all the world. And I would have missed it if I would have sought my own counsel rather than seeking the Lord's counsel. So all I can tell you is seek God's counsel. You may not like it, but trust me, in the end, you'll be like me. You'll be able to sing the Hallelujah Chorus every day. Last, really real quick, is that their whole concept of life, Judah was, they based it pretty much on a physical relationship rather than a spiritual relationship. Physical relationships are important, but your spiritual relationship with the Father is the most. And when that suffers, everything else will suffer around you. But see, Judah didn't see it that way. In fact, they thought they had had a great decision made. Because they even said, we cheated death and humiliation. Life is good. But see, then in verse 17, God turns the tables. This is what he says in verse 17. He says, I'm going to test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Now, for some of you, you may not understand that. A plumb line is a weighted thing on a stick. It's a weighted piece of weight on a stick that they hang to make sure everything is perfectly straight. Plumb lines really aren't used nowadays because we have lasers. But in the days of old, they would hang a plumb line up to make sure that the posts were straight and everything going up was perfectly straight. And here's what... The Lord told Israel, I mean Judah, he said, listen, you have basically judged your entire existence on a crooked, perverse generation. Now I'm going to judge you on my perfect word. And so now Judah is going to be tested and judged, not by how good they are with Assyria, but how good they are with God. And basically in verses 17 through 20, God declares and shows them their judgment. And here's what he says real quick. In verse 17, he says, listen, you have based everything on this on basically lies. He said, and now I'm going to drain hail down on you. Now, that's interesting that the Lord would use the terminology of hail to rain down on lies. And it makes sense because if you have rain, it just rains. But if you have hail, and sometimes hail can be the size of a goose egg. And they had tents back then. They didn't have buildings like we have. That hail would go right through. Listen to me. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. If you're lying, God's word is going to punch a hole through every single lie that you have. That's what's represented here. God said, I'm getting ready to punch a hole through your lies. When you lie, the word of God will punch a hole through your lies. And not only that, it gets worse for Judah because he says in verse 18, he said, not only am I going to let hail rain down upon you, now I'm going to have this nation come against you. And they're going to trample you in the ground. Judah, you're going to be worse off than you started. You could have just picked a fight with Assyria and been okay. But because you picked a fight with me, you're going to be worse off now. And not only that, I'm going to make the flood go over and over and over. He said, he said day and night, night and day, it's going to flood. He wasn't saying that, hey, listen, it's going to be raining every day for the next 40 days like it did in the day of Noah. That's not what he's saying. 
He said, what's going to happen? You're going to keep making one bad decision after another bad decision after another bad decision. And that hole you're digging is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Why? Because you have based everything upon a lie rather than on the truth. And this is interesting. He also says, and also your bed will be too short. Now, I really don't understand that. I've never had that problem. Some of you may have. I know one of my best friends has probably had that problem, but I haven't. But he says your bed's going to be too short. What does he mean by that? He says that basically everything you do in life is going to come up short. See, the job you've always wanted, that you've lied to get, that you cheated to get, when you get it, you won't be happy. You won't be satisfied because you've done it in vain. The success you've wanted, the money you've wanted, now that you've gotten it, you won't be satisfied because you've done it in vain. You're going to keep coming up short. If we base our entire life upon the world, we will always come up short. And not only are you going to come up short, he also says the blanket that will cover you will be too narrow. What he's saying is, is that I'm not going to cover you completely. You're going to be rained on by the world. It's going to get bad. I'm going to leave you out in the cold. You're going to be vulnerable and exposed because blankets are what cover you to keep you warm, right? Have you ever put on like a blanket at night and all of a sudden your feet come out from underneath it? You get kind of cold. This may not happen at your house. It used to happen at my house. It doesn't anymore. But years ago when I first got married, the blanket would be pulled off of me. And I would be freezing in the middle of the night and then I have to pull it back on. And it was kind of the back and forth, back and forth. I don't have that problem anymore. Not sure why, but life is good. I guess after 25 years, my wife has learned to adjust to me. Or I've adjusted to her either way. You know it, baby. If you don't have that blanket on, you're going to be cold. Listen, if you're not covered by the Lord, you're in trouble. That's all there is to it. You're in trouble if you're not covered by Jesus. Now, let's be honest. Each and every one of us make decisions every day. We make decisions. And I want to help you understand how we make decisions today. If you don't know this, know this. That worldly decisions are always the polar opposite of godly decisions. Always. That's how you know. They're going to be on the total opposite ends. For instance, the world is always going to tell you to take the easy way out. Take the easy way out. Hey, listen. Don't give your boss eight hours. If you want to show up late, show up late. If you can leave early, leave early. Take the easy way out. Cut the corners. God will tell you different. In fact, the Lord says if somebody asks you to carry their stuff one mile, you take it two miles. See, God's always going to ask you and I to go the extra mile. It's hard. But in the end, that hard work pays off. So you'll know if you're trying to do it the easy way, that's the world telling you to do that. If God is asking you to go above and beyond, that's His way. How about this? In the world, it's always all about you. It's always self-centered. What can I get out of it? What's in it for me? I knew, you know I deserve better than that. I deserve to get this. You need to cater to me. You need to take care of me. 
need to do it my way? See, that's the world. And anytime you're in a relationship and it's all about you, you're going to be one lonely person because it's not all about you. When the Lord speaks to you, it will be about being selfless. It'll all be about other people. When you can learn to empty yourself out and fill it with the Lord and other people, you'll be a happy person. But here you go. That's how you'll know. If everything's about me, this is, this is the world's way. If everything is about the Lord and me emptying my life out unto Him, it's His way. Usually the world tells you to base everything on your emotions and how you feel. Oh, this makes me feel good. I'll do it. I'll feel happy if I do that. that that's good. I'm going to do that. It's always about how you feel. Don't you know that everything the devil does to get you in his grips is how you feel? You know, you don't make me feel good, I'm going to leave you. You know, that boss doesn't make me feel good, I'm going to quit my job. That drug will make me feel better, I'm going to take it. It's always about your feelings. Do you realize feelings are your worst enemy? They're your worst enemy. Really, the decisions you make should be based upon the Holy Spirit and what He's telling you to do, not on your feelings. Come on, some of you have woken up one morning and wanted to quit work. But the only reason you didn't quit work because you know you needed the money. Period. Get before the Lord and find out if you need to get another job. Not how you feel. Feelings can be good. Feelings can be real dangerous. Because sometimes you wake up and you feel a way. No, I don't know why I feel this way. That's when you know you need to check in. See what's going on in your life. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're not. You say, I feel sad. And there's no reason to feel sad. I mean, and please don't look across in the bed and go, that's why I feel sad. Okay. You know, if you wake up and you feel sad and there's no legitimate reason. You better make sure the devil's not trying to key on your feelings and make you do stupid things. So often the devil say, you know, you're dumb, you're inadequate, you're not worthy enough. But yet, God gave His only Son for you. So you're more than adequate, you're more than worthy. Because would you give your child for me? And I know the answer already is no. Make sure He is not playing on your emotions. This is a good one. The world's all about pleasure. Eat, drink, and be merry. I want to eat, drink, and be merry. I don't care if I don't have a house, a car, or whatever. I just want to have a good time. Listen, I believe in having a fun time in life. But my life is filled with a purpose and a plan. Your life needs to be filled with a purpose and a plan. And the world's not going to give it to you. Only Jesus will give it to you. And when you get up under God's plan, you'll be successful. When you get up under God's plan, you're going to finish the race first. When you get up under God's plan, you're going to finish as high as you can be in your thinking and in, in your world. Because you'll finish the race with Him. The enemy will just tell you to ignore problems. When the Lord says deal with them. Some of you have spent way too much time trying to run from your problems. When God says you need to face them head on. 
face them. Some of you are dealing with some situations right now. And your idea is to tuck tail and run. When God says, get before me and pray and we'll figure out how to deal with this. You can't run. you got to deal with it. See, it's the struggle. Some of you are struggling right now. I can see it in your face. And if you're struggling, make sure the enemy is not yelling louder in your ear than what the Holy Spirit is doing. you got to learn to tune him out. Because, see, what he wants to tell you this morning is to give up. And the Lord will tell you to press in. You've got to press in. When you want to give up in life, press into the Lord. When you want to throw in the towel, press in. I promise you, He will lead you safely and securely if you press in. Listen, when your world has come to a screeching halt, press in. And last, rather than procrastinating, because the devil always wants you to put it off, finish it. Finish it. Church, we're in a battle every day. And we've got to learn not to judge our entire life and our entire being on a crooked society because we look straight because we're crooked too. We need to judge ourselves against the Word of God, the love of God, and Jesus Christ and figure out where we line up at. You're going to find out you're going to be crooked. That's all I can tell you. I don't want to put you too down, but there's nothing you can do to fix that. Only Jesus can fix that. There's not enough intellect in your mind. There's not enough strength in your muscles. There's not enough endurance in your body to straighten out your mess. Only Jesus can. But you've got to learn not to look in the wrong place. It's kind of like if you've ever been to the carnival and you've gone into the fun house and they got these mirrors that make you look kind of skinny. I like the ones that make you look tall. <laughs> they had the one that made you look have more hair. I'd be on that one too, but they don't have that one. But you go in there and, they have, and they're warped. And that way they make you look this way, they're, they're kind of bulge and they're warped. That's how they get that distortion. And what has happened to us is we have spent too long looking into a warped, bent mirror of society to judge our health, to judge our spiritual being. And that's why we are so messed up. And what we've got to do today is ignore the crooked world and we've got to see the level of God's word. Let me end you with this. Let's go back to Isaiah twenty-six sixteen. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. A firm and tested stone. That firm and tested stone is Jesus Christ. Notice he's been tested. Jesus will never fail you. He will never let you down. He's firm. And he says, it is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Listen. You can build your entire life on Jesus Christ and you're going to be safe. I'm not going to tell you you're not going to be free from storms. But this is what I do know, that when you do have storms, you'll be safe from those storms. Because he's going to be your cornerstone. Whoever believes need never to be shaken. Listen, your world may be crumbling down. But if your faith is built on Jesus Christ, 
you won't be shaken. So here's what you need to do this morning. And nobody says it better than the Word of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, You trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. You better trust in the Jesus rather than trusting in yourself. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. And last, for 2 Corinthians 6, 2, For God says at the right time, I have heard you on the day of salvation, I have helped you. Indeed, The right time is what? Now. The right time is now. You need to quit struggling right now. You're fighting. You're fighting against the Lord. You need to quit struggling. You need to surrender to Him. The Holy Spirit is telling you to do things this morning. You gotta quit fighting. You gotta surrender. That's it. You gotta surrender. Are you gonna give in to the enemy and surrender to Him? Are you gonna follow the Lord and surrender to Him? Some of you this morning realize that you have made a mess of your life. And it's time to make it right. Come to this altar and say, Lord, please forgive me for trusting in the pagan world. Trusting in ungodly people to give me hope and help. Lord, today I come to you for your hope. I come to you for your help. God, today I've never made you my Lord and Savior, the boss. Today I want to surrender to you. Maybe you say, you know what, Pastor Chuck? I've been lonely long enough. I need a church family that will help me, pray with me, encourage me. This morning, maybe you need to come and say, I want to be a member of River of Life. Listen, you're fighting. Do not let the enemy win out. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you lean not on your own understanding. And in all of your ways, if you will acknowledge him, he will direct your path. And don't procrastinate and wait for tomorrow. You do it right now. Father, thank you for allowing me, allowing us to see how crooked we are when we line ourselves up in a perverse world. Lord, today we want to see ourselves from your very mirror. God, we want to see ourselves how we line up with you. Lord, today we want to surrender to you. We want to make you the Lord and the Savior of our life. God, we want you today to be our cornerstone. We want to build our life, our hope, and our faith, our family, all on you. And Lord, we want to do that right now. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will shout louder than the enemy. And you will help us to refuse him and help us to accept you so that we truly can be yours and be successful in life. And we pray that in your Son's most precious name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850 850- Nine two six one two zero zero, or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online 
at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.